With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, this is Derek and you are listening to Gamer Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. I've got my co-host John with me. What's up, buddy? Yo, it's good to be back. How you doing? I'm good, man. It is good to be back. This is our final show of 2017. <laughs> it sounds so weird. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, we've made it 44 episodes. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. It's cool. We, we started in 2017 and... We, we're, we're here at the end of it. We're, we're taking next week off because we would be recording on Christmas Day, and so we're not going to do that. We're just going to take the, the week off. Um, but we'll be back in 2018 to talk more video games and video game adjacent things. Actually, to come to think of it, we actually started around January of, of, the, of this year. Or, uh, yeah, earlier this year. So it's almost been a whole year. It's been a good time, man. And today we're going to be talking about lots of random stuff, including the new Ready Player One trailer. We'll be talking some some details from Bungie and Overwatch and the Nintendo Switch. So uh, I guess let's just get started, man. Let's get down to business. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so where do you want to start? Where should where should we start things off? I'll uh, I just I'll start here with Bungie and Destiny 2. So, as everyone knows in the gaming community, there's been crazy outrages over EA trying to be scandalous, um, and it looks like that that backlash is is starting to affect Bungie as well. And it's kind of interesting story because Bungie a couple weeks ago, or it may even been a month ago. They had locked some players out of some content, and they increased the um, the levels for that, and so it caused a lot of controversy. And now they're backpedaling, so it's kind of interesting that you know they they this is their statement was in quotes. I read you clearly. There was some mistakes made. <laughs> so. <laughs> So yeah, so for those who don't know, just some context here. This is around Destiny 2 or D2, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and this was due to the level cap raise on the Curse of Osiris expansion that came out recently. Um, and, you know, this isn't new to Destiny. Bungie did this with the first Destiny game. But I don't think anybody was happy about it then. Uh, they're certainly not happy about it now. Right, right. So, well, I mean, they... I mean, what they did was they basically took the required prestige levels from three three hundred to three thirty, and then locked out <laughs> anyone who hadn't who didn't have the expansion pack. Isn't isn't that true? Like, yeah, I mean, basically they made it so the the level cap for these required you to have the Curse of Osiris expansion, and these these are certain activities, prestige raids, and things like that that um, were available in the base game. So if you went and you bought the base game 
you could play this stuff. And then Curse of Osiris came out and then they locked you out of these things you had already played in addition to the expansion packs content. Um, this was a really big deal for PC because PC had only been out for about six weeks, a month right. and a half. Right. right. So if, if you bought it on PC, if you were one of those people that waited for PC for whatever reason, you had like a month and a half to finish everything in the base game uh, before the Curse of Osiris expansion came out. So this was a big deal. It made a lot of people really mad. And yeah, on uh, December 12th, so last week, uh, mid last week, after we recorded our normal episode, uh, they changed some things with a patch to, to walk things back a bit. A hot fix, per se. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they, they just, they pulled the, it was overlooked card. And <laughs> it's kind of silly, though, because it, it, it was not overlooked. This is what you did before, and people voiced their concerns before. But I think because of this EA business, like, I really think it's kind of given gamers, like, a new new voice. I, I don't know what else to call it other than, like, people are stepping up and it's actually, I don't know, like, it's just kind of weird. It's caused, like, a shift in, in the way the gaming community operates now. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, I think you're right. A lot of it has to do with this whole games-as-a-service model where the average video game being sold now is designed to keep you playing for an extended period of time so you spend more money. Um, and, you know, Bethesda's doing this big thing where you know, they're the big solo uh, first-person, you know, first-single-player uh, campaign company. And so, you know, they're, they're Doom and Wolfenstein and so forth. So they're, they're kind of on the outside of all of this. So players are getting angry at, at companies like Bungie and EA because we're buying these games and then you're pushing us to spend money by purposefully locking content in what seems to be a very artificially deceptive way. And they can say they overlooked this all that they want because it, it, it wasn't intended to lock access tied to trophies or achievements and what have you. But let's let's be honest here. This was designed to lock out content. There's there's no question about it. They probably didn't think people would be as mad. They were hoping people would just buy the expansion. And just go with it, yeah. Well, because if you bought Curse of Osiris, you probably didn't even it, notice. It didn't affect you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. So I think that's where this really comes from is not enough people bought the expansion so those people realize this cap was was raised and were affected much more so than Bungie probably anticipated. Yeah, and basically their fix for it was they just made the trials, certain trials and achievements available again. Um, but there are, obviously they left it for more advanced. There's sections for advanced players with higher levels. So they basically just opened it up again. I right. Mean, open to all players with, with features for the for the curse of the Osiris map. Um which <laughs> I don't think they're going to try that again. So that that's good um, from a gaming perspective, a gamer perspective. You're happy, you know. Like I said, I, I, I'm sitting back watching this, and I'm like, man, there is a lot of waves being created here. And uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like no, you said, it's no. it, it, it's they've been doing this for a while, and, and just until recently people are pissed off and they're complaining. So – I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're listening. 
it's definitely providing a bit of pushback to this games as a service model, which just on a personal level, I'm very happy about because I like buying a game and having that game and being able to play all the content in that game for the full price value that I paid. Um, now, of course, expansion packs are, have been a thing for ages, especially in the PC realm. Um, so I'm not against expansion packs. I'm not against DLC and I'm not necessarily against, uh, you know, free to play games like, uh, you know, League of Legends or Heroes of the Storm. But I am against when that stuff is taking, is taking advantage of the players and Battlefront sure. 2 did this and Destiny sort of did it, not quite in the same way, but, um, it's definitely a situation where gamers are finally, they're pushing forward a little bit against the publishers and the developers. And I think that's a good thing. And it might even highlight other games that would have normally been looked over because they're not that same AAA level. You know, Destiny is a massive franchise now. Of course, anything Star Wars is, and EA has exclu- exclusive right licenses to the Star Wars games. So if they get pushback, maybe some other games will have a chance to shine through. Right. I, the only thing that worries me is games that are not big. Uh, here's what I worry. I worry that these people are going to take they're going to get some kind of attitude in their head where if we complain enough, we'll get what we want, appeasement, whatever you want to call it. And I, this could affect smaller game titles that really can't afford to do stuff like that. And I just hope people don't take this. Like, now we're going to do this to every game that does something wrong, and we're going to go over the top and ridiculous. I just hope it doesn't get to that. Mm-hmm. That's what I fear. Yeah, I mean, you make a good I mean, point. These are clear-cut, right? dry cases. You messed up. But I'm, I just don't want people to get their egos inflated, and then now we're doing this for every reason on every game. Well, the, the developers and the publishers will have to make a call, too. Um, this is starting to happen in the movie world where – you know, fans are petitioning this and petitioning that. You know, they they petition for the director's cut of this movie, or you know, the latest thing, of course, is that a group of fans is petitioning uh, to have Star Wars: The Last Jedi be removed from canon. And uh, you know, I I have lots That's of opinions kind of about that. So if, if you're curious, <laughs> uh, t- tune into Screen Heroes this week, our one of our sister podcasts on the Heroes Podcast Network. Uh, we'll be talking about that, but. The point is, is that fans are already trying to pressure companies into doing it their way. And, you know, petitions are not really the way. Getting mad on Twitter uh, may not be the way either. I think it's really going to be your dollars. These companies care about the dollars. So if EA makes you mad with Star Wars Battlefront 2, don't buy the DLC or Mm -hmm. don't buy the next EA Star Wars game. Uh, Buy something else. Buy a game that you otherwise would have skipped. Or don't buy a game. Spend your money on something completely different or save take it. Take your wife out. Take your girlfriend right? out for dinner. You know, t- <laughs> you know, t- <laughs> take your significant, no, seriously, take your significant other out or, or, you know, go, go catch a movie or, you know, whatever. Get, get you know, get, get the supersize. I don't, I don't care. But, uh, the, the point is, is that, you know, your, your money is what talks in this realm. And so use it. Use your money to, as part of your voice here. Um, that's really the way that that they will listen. If if nobody spends money on the game, the game will have to change. Yeah, I and that's EA kind of. I mean, they're. I'm sure they are. They're feeling the heat um, from a like you said, buying DLC perspective. People are probably not buying those loot cr- crates, and they probably won't when they 
refigure them. They should just throw them out, but whatever. We'll see. Um, well, I mean, they're not going to get rid of loot crates, right? That's just not going to happen. It, yeah, um, but like, who's going to buy them now? Like, <laughs> like. Well, but that's the real question, right? So th- this is where it gets kind of tricky: is people who spent sixty dollars on Battlefront Two are going to feel compelled to get these loot crates to have the full experience of the game. That's the problem with the loot crates. So I expect people to buy them because they've already they're already in sixty dollars. So yeah. You know that's that's a tough spot to be in, but I mean the the next DLC. If you if you did not buy the season pass, you know don't buy the next DLC or don't buy the next uh, Star Wars game from EA or what have you. That's that's I, really the best you can do. In the controversy to that, EA may not even be making the next Star Wars game. <laughs> I mean, maybe they have an exclusive contract. With... I actually hope they don't. Like, I want to give somebody else a shot. Like, I, I feel I like Sledge would do really well with it. I don't disagree with you at all, but I just don't see it happening anytime soon because of contractual reasons. They have a contract, and there has to be a good reason to avoid that contract. Yeah. Otherwise, Disney and, and Lucasfilm and LucasArts, uh, what remains of it, will have to give EA a lot of money. Yeah, that those are details we will never know about. Well, unless, um, unless it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until it happens. Um, okay, well, we can switch. I mean, okay. do the switch if you want. Sure. Uh, not a ton of news on the switch front, but last week uh, we talked a bit about how Bayonetta is uh, coming to the Nintendo Switch with Bayonetta 3 announced and Bayonetta 1 and 2 coming to Switch uh, actually in February, February 16th of 2018. So we got a little bit of additional information there. Uh, both of the first two Bayonetta games will run at uh, 720p in both modes, whether it's handheld or TV mode, and 60 frames per second in both of those That's modes. That's nice. That's a good win. Yeah, which is really cool. I mean, these games were built, these are older games, of course, so having 1080p or graphics is not really necessary. Um, I guess we'll have to wait no. and see. But uh, 60 frames per second locked. And both games uh, should clock in at around 16 gigabytes. And uh, you can buy Bayonetta 2 in a physical version, and it comes with a code for the first Bayonetta. So that'll be what I'm doing, so that way I don't have to install Bayonetta 2. Uh, so that's that's coming. It's coming in February, but uh, worth noting a couple extra things there. Yeah. Um, do, do you know what the price tag's going to be on it yet? Just curious. No, we do not have a price okay. tag yet. Um as a comparison, the Street Fighter collection, the 30th anniversary collection we also talked about last week, is up on pre-order now on Amazon, and they have it priced at $39.99 USD. So I wouldn't be surprised if this came in at that price, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it came in at $59.99 given that it's two titles uh, that are you know, uh, big, bigger that. games. So. We'll, well have to see. That's, you said that was thirty nine ninety nine for the Street Fighter one. Yes, twelve games. It's twelve it, games. Well, yes, it is twelve games. But let's not forget that it's different variations of really three games: Street Fighter, Street Fighter Two, and Street Fighter Three, uh, with Super Street Fighter thrown in there and things like that. It's it's a little different. You know, those are old school platformer fighting games, two dimensional. Yeah, um, I understand. They're very small. Scale-wise, yeah. It's just different. It's just different. These um, games are are kind of more expensive productions. 
for sure. I, I actually, while we're on the subject of Street Fighter, I was reading an article recently. It's kind of funny. It's like why Japanese fans are pissed about the new Street Fighter collection. Did you know, Derek, that they are reworking the um, language to be in English, right? So the Japanese is in Japan. They're actually going to get released the English reworked version. No, no, no it gets worse. Uh, Street Fighter Zero was originally in Japanese, and now it's going to be in English. How shitty is that? So they're only making the new Switch versions in English, so the Japanese yes. fans are not going to get the Japanese versions. Yeah. That's why they're pissed. That is really odd. Well, well, and it's because Zero was only released in Japan, and it was already in Japanese, and then now they're reworking it for the Switch, and they're not even going to get it in Japanese. They're going to get it in English, which sucks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a really odd decision. I'm trying to think about why they might do that, other than cutting expenses, right? Because it costs a lot less to produce it in a single language rather than... Capcom said, the Capcom's response to it was, we're producing a game that has contain, uh, consists of mostly Western titles, so we're keeping it English, <laughs> basically, is what they said. But then the Japanese are like, well, Zero was ours. <laughs> why are you changing that one? So. It is, it's a good question, though, right? Like, it seems, I guess it depends on how the porting worked. If they had to rebuild the game mostly from scratch, then, you know, that might be why they just decided to make the whole thing in English. At the same time, it's not like there's a ton of dialogue, so I'm not sure why, what the expense would be to make them also available in Japanese. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Unless they're having new voice actors and they're reworking the entire sound, I, I don't understand it either. I don't know. the The older games didn't really have a lot of voice acting. That's why. I, that's why I'm confused. Maybe they're going to be adding that. Who knows? Hmm. But I'd be pissed too if if <laughs> sure if, sure if I had a game that was in Japanese. You know what I mean? If I had a game in my language and then you guys re-release it in another language. <laughs> yeah, that's an odd choice. It does seem interesting. I guess we'll have to see what happens when it gets closer to release. That's odd. Yeah, I just thought it was really interesting, speaking of it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so the other main news topic that we had is something that, that kind of came out a little bit earlier this month, but we didn't have a chance to talk about, and this is in the world of Overwatch. So this circles back a little bit to, to some of our conversations about um, you know how we spend money with games. But basically, Blizzard announced that there will be, of course, team-specific skins in Overwatch. And these are based on the Overwatch League, which has uh, you know the, the 12 teams, most of which are in the United States. Um, and they, uh, they will have jer- essentially jerseys, right? Just like you would yeah, for, for say, any physical sport. That's basically sport. wearing a jersey, yeah. Right. So you'll be able to purchase skins based on... Uh, the teams that you want to promote, you know, San Francisco or Shanghai or whatever. And um, in order to do that, though, they decided to create a brand new uh, currency system in Overwatch. So right now, the currency system in Overwatch is really quite simple. Um, You can buy loot crates with real money, or you can earn them in-game by leveling up. And you can get coins in loot crates for for duplicate items and sometimes as an item in the loot box. And you can use these coins to buy skins and emotes and things of that nature um, when they're available, of course. 
And uh, now what they're going to be doing is they're adding what they're going to be calling League Tokens. And these can only be used to buy Overwatch League items, which will only be skins for the time being. But I'm going to leave that door open for, for future stuff. Um, so yeah, Overwatch will be adding a second currency that can only be used for this stuff. So I'm, I guess I'm trying to figure out how that works. So they're going to, so in loot crates, you're going to be earning those coins as well as, I don't know, when you open a loot crate, you might get one of those coins or you might get a skin or an emote. So this is where this gets really complicated. Um, <laughs> I figured that's – I was like, there's another part he's not saying. Right, right. So um, so basically what – so everyone's going to be able to log in and get one token. Or – well, not one token, but enough tokens for one purchase. Excuse me. Okay. So you'll be able to buy for free one Overwatch League skin. That's it. Okay. How to get more is a little bit vague right now. So – we're not sure yet if this is something where you're going to have to just buy those tokens straight up using real money, whether you'll earn them in loot boxes, if there's a separate set of loot boxes for them. Um, this type of information we actually don't really know yet, which is really interesting. Um, so we're going to have to kind of wait and see. I could see them not wanting to add it to the regular loot boxes because not everybody will want Overwatch League content. Yeah, but the idea, at least the way I'm looking at it, is it's they're marketing themselves. It's it's marketing. So whether you want it or not, we're going to give this to you and hope that you spend it and like what you got. Like I don't know. That's well, how I but look at it. Blizzard has had to make adjustments in the past for loot boxes, making them more gamer friendly and fan friendly, and they they really do try. So in this case, I think that if they were to add them to the regular loot boxes. You would have a lot of people getting content that they have no interest in. Um, I mean, look, we're in but Kansas City. Already. We don't have a team. But they're random already. Well, but they're not They're not as random as you think. They're, they're set up pretty well, actually. So that way you can get, you know, when there's an event, like a Halloween event or the summer summer event, you can, you can get most of those items without spending a fortune because the way duplicates work and things like that are, are really – on the side of the gamer. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's like, <laughs> I just got to pick a team from the U.S., basically. You know? I mean, I guess. I don't know. It's a little weird for me because I don't really feel much for any of these teams. Uh, we don't have a local team here in Kansas City for me to root for. I think Probably Chicago no. has a team, though, if I remember right. Who's the closest that has a team? Um, I'd have to look that up. I, I don't remember. Because we're in, for the listeners out there, we're in Kansas, so we're right in the middle of the country. Um, I can tell you, I don't like San Francisco, so <laughs> I won't be getting that one. Well, that, that's um, fair. I mean, that's that's totally fine. So, okay, so we got, here's here are the teams for people who do not know. Now, keep in mind, most of them are in the United States, okay? Mm -hmm. So, you have the Boston, Massachusetts team which is the boston uprising you have the dallas fuel the florida mayhem the houston outlaws the london spitfire which is actually a really cool name and a really cool logo it is uh the los angeles gladiators the los a a angeles valiant the new york excelsior philadelphia fusion 
which uh, I'm, I was born in Philly, so maybe I'll go with that team. Clearly, uh, clearly. I knew that as soon as I heard that, I was like, he's going to go with that one. Uh, San Francisco Shock, the Seoul Dynasty, which is a little tongue-in-cheek because, I mean, Seoul, South Korea has dominated esports, particularly Blizzard esports, for quite some time. And uh, another really cool name and logo are the Shanghai Dragons. So those those are your teams, uh, 12 total teams. There's two divisions, Atlantic and Pacific. Um, and again, most of the teams are from the United States. Only three teams are outside of the United States. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically it. Los Angeles has two teams, which gives California uh, three total. Texas has two teams. So there you go. Yeah, I don't know who I would go with. I guess, I guess I'd need to look at the logos and see, cause at this point, like you said, we don't really have it. Well, you have a team a little more closer to connection to the, the Philly one, but I, I'm basically just going to go, who looks cool. <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying like the, the London Spitfire and the Shanghai dragons probably have, in my opinion, the best name and logo combination, but that's just me. Yeah, I I mean that London. It sounds that that's a great uh, team name. I think it sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But uh, if you want more information, you can follow them on Twitter. It's at Overwatch League, and they have a website, of course, and, and all that good stuff. Um, season starts really soon. Uh, you know, the the regular season begins in January, so um, it's something that if you know if you're if you're interested, you know, keep your eye out. Preseason's already happened. So preseason's over, um, but uh, stage one begins on January 10th. So there you go. Cool. Cool. What is the next uh, Overwatch season um, for public players, not necessarily professional? Uh, you're putting me on the spot, man. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know they just ended. Uh, well, I think they're doing Are they doing a winter Wonderland still? Uh, that's probably going on. I'm not really sure. I have not had a chance to play Overwatch in a little while, um, so I'm not I'm not sure. But if you look at uh, just like looking at preseason for anybody curious, uh, basically let's see, San Francisco won two of their three games, which is cool. Um, you know that uh, they seem to do pretty well there. The uh, Seoul Dynasty looks like they won all three of their games, which is not surprising. <laughs> um, uh, Shanghai Dragons looks like they did not do particularly well. They lost the two games that they played. So, you know. Was it – so that would be Korea that destroyed, right? Yeah, Korea. The, the Seoul Dynasty, they – let's see. They won – let's see. Four to nothing – and then they won two to one, and then three to one. So, damn, yeah, they did really well. But stage one, which is the beginning of the of the season here, week one begins on January tenth. So you can go check that out. And uh, there's there's three games that night uh, in a row. So it's a big big opening night. Looks like they're basically doing three games each night that they have have games going. So, yeah. Good. Cool. Well, yeah. um, I guess we'll segue in back to Nintendo. <laughs> um, looks like they just finally gave us a release date for Payday 2. 
Have you ever played the Payday games? I have never played a Payday game. Okay, so they're a lot of fun, um, and they're actually, in my opinion, they're actually quite underrated. Um, sure, they're very popular. They're one of the most popular selling games on uh, paid games because it's not that expensive on Steam. Um, but it was actually, it's actually a lot of fun. It's think about any heist movie. Oh, here, Heat, Heat. Okay, this is basically Heat. <laughs> and you get to you're part of the heist. You get to plan the heist. You get to help. It's a lot of fun. Um, either way, so they gave us a release date, and it looks like we're going to be getting this game sometime on February 27th. Okay. So that's exciting. So, all right, so are you going to be picking it up then? Yeah, most likely I will. Um, I, it depends on the price tag. I would imagine if it's somewhere in between the ball game of uh, twenty nine ninety nine and thirty nine ninety nine, I'd definitely pick it up. Okay. Um, I don't know graphically. I don't think it's that intense. Um, so is that something you think you might play? Oh man, it's a tough. It's a tough call. It's a franchise that I've always wanted to check out because I've heard some good things about it. But at the same time, my backlog is just so huge right now. I. Uh, you know, I picked up the, the Wolfenstein games uh, on Black Friday deals I have to play through. Uh, I still need to get the Breath of the Wild DLC. Um, even though I pre-ordered it and got it the day it came out, I still haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, which I know is blasphemy at this point. Uh, but... Yeah, apparently it's like, you know, it's one of the best games out there. But just just to kind of drill this in a little further, it is a four-player local co-op. So it's third person. We could play... Uh, first person. We could have a lot of fun playing this. Do you really think it's going to have four-player local co-op on the Switch? Absolutely. That'd be silly not to. The game is designed that way. I it's mean, meant... It, it's a four-man It's It's a four man heist. It, the game is designed to have four people in there. Alright, so I'll tell you this. If it lets you do that, then yeah, we'll be playing it, because I gotta check that out. But Oh, oh hell yeah. That's why I'm like... I will definitely, like, I, that'd be a lot of fun um, on local co-op. But on a side note, the developers of Payday have told us that they are working, and that's Diesel, by the way, or excuse me, uh, Ulf Anderson, <laughs> developed by Overkill Software, Starbreeze Studios. Um, they're working on another game that I think is falls along the same lines, but really, really cool, and I'm very excited about it. Um, let me tell you what it's about. So it's okay. called GTFO, which in the modern-day pop culture means get the fuck out. Uh, they created another four-player co-op game where you are exploring a, I don't know, like a valuable artifact underground complex that's been overrun by these crazy creatures and monsters doesn't that sound freaking awesome it does sound very interesting so you're saying that this is coming to switch no 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 this is just from the same developers my point though is if this goes well on steam and i'm talking about payday it's probably likely we might even get this game at some point on the switch gotcha okay um, very excited for it though. I just want to pimp that game out. If you guys haven't looked into it or heard about it, it looks phenomenal. Basically alien isolation meets <laughs> half life meets like it, it looks great. 
Um, it sounds pretty intense. It sounds like something I would definitely enjoy. I am at this weird point though, where I, I always ask the question: Is it coming to Switch? Because like that's what I, I know. Buy it for. I know. <laughs> no, it's going to be released. We don't even have a solid release date. We're looking 2018, and this is on Steam. Um, but I, what I'm trying to get at is, if Payday opens the door and does performs well on Switch, they obviously can develop for the Switch, so it might make its way over there at some point. I mean, that's a good point. Uh, when does when does Payday 2 launch on Switch? February 27th. Okay. So, okay. very soon, actually. I mean, it's a couple months. Yeah, it's just it's a couple weeks after the, the Bayonetta uh, 1 and 2 oh. come out. So. so, they got some competition. So a little bit. They, perhaps they do, maybe meeting in that middle price range would be a good idea. I mean, it's crazy. Like, the, the Switch almost has too many games right now for you to be able to play. Uh, so when you when you start getting to these these kind of older remakes, it's do, is that where I want to put put my my money? I guess you know. It's a good one though. Uh, I'm happy for it. I I think it's it's a good one to have. Um, and that studio, that Starbury Studio, has developed a lot of really good games over the years. They did the Dead by Daylight. They did the Chronicles of Riddick game, which I fucking loved. If you ever played that one. No, I, I I'm a huge fan of the Riddick franchise. Um, so it's called it's called Assault on Dark Athena. It's I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Like who doesn't want to play, you know, as Riddick, see in the dark and just whoop some motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've always wanted to check it out. So it's always been on my list. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, anyways, I'm I'm done pimping them out. <laughs> Fair enough. Well. Then let's uh, let's move over to our main not quite newsy topic, which is the uh, second trailer that we got for Ready Player One. Looks awesome. Uh, I know we we dedicated an episode to it. Um, probably what it was what would you say in the thirties or twenties or episode twenties? It was somewhere <laughs> around there. Uh, when we first got our, our our trailer for it, and and frankly, they didn't tell us shit. Like we didn't know. All we know is that it looked really cool. There was DeLorean, and there was a race. <laughs> That's really all right. we knew. And they were in some dystopian society. So in the second trailer, um, if, for those who haven't watched, he the the main character, which we presume the kid, is explaining that it, there's only one way to get out of the dystopian society. And that's to enter this world. What's they? What do they call it, Derek? Okay, so uh, I just want to preface this with: I have read the book, so <laughs> uh, I'm going to try my best not to spoil anything for anybody. Uh, but here's the basic premise: there is a massive MMO. So I'm adding an extra M on there <laughs> um, called the Oasis. And essentially, right, the Oasis, the o- thank you. The Oasis has expanded just across the world and it is the most used game in the world. And everybody basically jacks into it because the real world is depressing. Sucks. And I'm sure a lot of us gamers out there can relate to that concept. So the uh, idea is that the original creator of the Oasis uh, dies. And in dying, he, in his will, is going to will away the Oasis to the winner of a contest. And the contest is to find the Easter egg, right. which is an actual Easter egg, uh, not uh, not like some little like 
reference Trinket. or something in the movie. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that is the in the game. Premise. Wait, wait, in the Oasis, and that's throughout the entire Oasis, right? Correct. So okay. yes, yeah, so in the Oasis, and this the the story kind of starts in uh, around that happening. So uh, the trailer shows our our main character. His name is Parsival. And he is kind of our main point uh, of contact through the story. What I loved about this trailer, though, is that in the first trailer, we barely got to see the Oasis. And this time, we not only get to see more of the Oasis, but we get to see what his avatar looks like in the Oasis. Which is very um, Sora from Kingdom Hearts-ish. I love it. I love it. It's so good. It's so – it's like hyper CGI, but – Yeah. Because they don't want it to look real. Right. No, no. That's. I mean, that's not the point. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I really love that. There's a million references now. God, there is. I'm, I'm going to go on a little bit of a digression here. Um, a reference and an Easter egg are not the same thing. <laughs> so there's all these articles out there about like every Easter egg in the Ready Player One trailer. Mm. Look, having the Iron Giant walk across the screen is not an Easter egg. Okay, it's not. It's a reference, perhaps. Uh, but what people need to know about this story here is that the Oasis is deeply ingrained in, in pop culture. In the book, it's very 80s pop culture, hence the DeLorean that is uh, shown in the first two trailers. Um, so the 80s are a huge deal in the book. That may or may not be the case here in the movie, but pop culture is still... Massive. They clearly That's... updated it because Tracer's in the trailer. So. Well, it's, it's important <laughs> to remember that just like any MMO, you create your avatar. Right, and so that's what that's what you're seeing here, people's avatars. So yeah, you've got Tracer and Freddy Krueger, and you've got Deadpool. the Joker and Harlequin and Deadpool and an orc, and you know a, a, a million of these references because it's pop culture. Everything is a pop culture reference, right? Right. Imagine an MMO that had a license to every IP imaginable. See that that's something I wanted to ask about, and it's just kind of side topic. But where the where the fuck did they get the license? to put all of these characters in this movie like do you think blizzard was like yeah sure take take tracer and uh fox was like yeah take deadpool and uh, you know I'm what sure i mean some, i'm sure in some cases that is what happened uh i don't know which ones right but you know this stuff usually you have to pay for it so in wreck it ralph for anyone who has seen wreck it ralph uh oh, bowser excellent. from bowser is is in wreck it ralph they wanted mario but Bowser is a fraction of the cost. So they went with Bowser instead of Mario. Uh, in this case, this is a very big Spielberg movie. Um, so I think a lot of companies would be tripping over themselves to get their references and their IP in this movie so people can see it. So it's good PR. You're, you're saying, yeah. you're saying, hey, it's, it's a Spielberg movie. It's big. It's hit. It's very in right now. It's hip. Um, people are going to see it and it's free publicity. Basically, yeah. Well, not free, but you know what I mean. No, but that, that's basically what it is, right? I mean, Blizzard knows that Tracer will be shown and people will be like, well, who is that if they don't already know, right? Um, but but it's like be... it's like the Lego movie, but they own the rights to everything because Lego's done everything, so it's okay. <laughs> Lego had every single reference you could think of. Well, right. So the Oasis basically has that. 
right? So now this is not in the book, so I'm just making this up. But you could have, you know, Chewbacca flying the Enterprise that, you know, uh, <laughs> through Avengers <laughs> Tower, right? Like, you know, it would be like, really funny though if that did happen. <laughs> you could do that in the Oasis, you know. So, um, and that's what I think this trailer too here is really trying to show off is. All of the different things. The first trailer uh, showed, you know, a Tron light cycle, uh, for example, in addition to the, the DeLorean. Um, you have the Iron Giant, which is, you know, just a, a classic, um, you know, robot design, of course. So you're going to see a lot of that stuff. Um, tons of video game references have the opportunity to be in this. And I'm very curious to see, like, really, I'm, I'm very much waiting to see how, like, how, how the many movie adapts the book. Cause the book ah. is deeply seated in video games. So I have not read the book and the first trailer, we were just like, Hey, this looks cool, but I know nothing about the story. So this, the second trailer, the kid explains about the whole, you get the fortune if you find the Easter egg. So that that was very satisfying for me personally because now I know what the movie's actually about. Um, so that that's pretty cool. But from someone who has read the book, and I'm not – you don't have to spoil anything, but you know that the book wasn't even really – it was popular, but it really wasn't even that good. <laughs> All right. So here's how I want to frame that. <laughs> yeah. It is a fun story. It's a fun idea. It – makes the oasis something that i wish existed at at least some level um because if that was an mmo that was real where i could create my favorite ip stuff for me you know um where i could combine back to the future and star trek and star wars and dc comics together um it's just so much fun it is not the most sophisticatedly written book ever made (laughs) all right it's no lord of the rings Okay, um, and it's it's not the Hobbit. The Hobbit, you know, this is this is a a young adult. This is a YA novel designed for the mainstream that leans heavily on '80s pop culture references. Okay, and that's about all I can say without giving away any hints from the film. So you know, Spielberg has an opportunity to improve on the book. Um, but he has also made sure to say that this is his uh, interpretation. I, I was going to say, yeah, it's it's very much Spielberg. Like, you can tell he is going full Spielberg. And, you know, look, when back in the day, that's what you wanted, right? You got Jurassic Park. You got E.T. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, this, this movie has, an, oppor- has a, an opportunity to go in two different directions. Either a really cool pop culture epic or... Or it could become a lame, co- you know, just collection of references to pop culture stuff. Well, yes, there's a lot going on. Let's just put it there. Like, there's probably going to be, I don't know, I want to say 80% reference and... The, the whole movie, you're just basically, oh, it doesn't really matter what's happening, but there's this character. Oh, there's this character. And that's cool. But I I think, like you said, Spielberg has an opportunity to make it better. So I hope he does it. 
Exactly. I mean, that's, that's pretty much where I am. Um, but it, it's something I'm very excited for. I'm really, really yeah. looking forward to this movie. Um, I, I, it looks awesome. It really does. Like when I see these scenes and, and think about what I imagined in my head, they look great. Oh, I know. They, they that, re- just really that, do. that race with <laughs> that race. Well, I so, mean, you've got Tron speeder bikes, you've got the DeLorean, you've got these, uh, it just looks amazing. <laughs> A funny the, the race is actually not in the book. See, there you go, going so, full Spielberg, and it's really yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker though, right? You got the DeLorean flying mm-hmm. past a wrecking ball, and there's a Tron light cycle, and yeah, I'm very excited. I will watch. I will watch the hell out of this movie. I'm excited for it. So, <laughs> I mean, even even with, uh, I mean, if you look at this as a like, are we even close to that reality? Because you were talking about the Oasis and if it were real. I think we're getting close, but we're not quite there. Because what is it, 2049? Yeah. Or what, what year the, is it? Yeah, 2049. Uh, it would be the Blade Runner year. Anyways. Um, 20, no, so it's, it's, that's Blade Runner. So it's not 2049. Maybe it's 2039. I don't remember. But uh, it's, it's, it's something the, nine. <laughs> it's, it's the near future. Um, it's, our, it doesn't seem too far away. Well, our VR technology isn't isn't quite there yet, but yeah, but we had VR technology early nineties. It, it, I mean, now it's getting more commercialized. But you used to be able to play like a, at least a small variation of VR at the arcade. Well, the Oasis is VR MMO merged together into kind of the epitome of what those technologies could be. Ah. Uh, I mean, I think we're getting close to that already. PlayStation's already been trying to push the boundaries on that. Trust, trust me, though. This this is something that we're just no. not to yet. Oh, I get that. I'm not saying like tomorrow we're going to be able to do that. But what I'm saying though is like this isn't this isn't seem too unrealistic that we won't won't get to a point where at least within the next ten years where we're there. Uh, yeah, that's. A I hope not. I hope the the world doesn't suck and that Detroit is a. Pe- everyone's just living in a car on top or houses on top of houses and mountain. You know what I mean? But I do hope that gaming, the future of gaming, gets to that point because that's a real escape. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. So, um, anything else about Ready Player One? No, I mean, other than it looks good, I don't, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I want to look up the time. That's what I, I want to know what right. year this takes place. So while while you do that, I'm gonna segue into our final segment here today, which is just a bit about you know this is our last show of 2017. It's the holiday season. It's been a big, just crazy year for video games. Um, you have, you of course had games like Horizon Zero Dawn, Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, Destiny 2 came out, you've got Wolfenstein 2, um, just, you know, uh, crazy games like Cuphead, uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, uh, you know, just tons and tons of video games. John, for you, what, what would be one or a few of your favorite things to come out of 2017 in the video game realm. Shit, that that really puts me on the spot. 
It does. I, I, I am just throwing this out there, no preparation. Yeah. Just what what comes to you? What are what are some of your favorite moments, games, things from 2017? Well, <laughs> it's gonna sound so cliche and stupid, but and it's probably one of everybody's. I think the Switch was probably the best thing for me that has that has come out this year. Um, and there's been a lot of great games for it that I I'm finding myself really enjoying. You know, that I probably would not have thought twice if it wasn't on the Switch. Um, so that, I don't know, like, game-wise, Breath of the Wild's a lot of fun. And, of course, it, it won Game of the Year, so respectfully so. Um, at, at the Game Awards, not just, like, for everybody, but at the Game yeah, Awards. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think anybody who's played the game would not agree with that, though, <laughs> is is what I'm getting at. Uh, but I have, I also haven't played Hellblade, so and Hellblade did really well too. Um, yeah, I think the best thing to come out of 2017 was the Switch. That's my answer. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm not far off from you, man. Uh, Breath of the Wild reignited my love for open world RPG action adventure games, uh, and. I've never been a big Zelda fan. I've always been a Nintendo fanboy. I love Mario, uh, big Star Fox fan, Donkey Kong. But I never really cared that much for Zelda. The games just never grabbed me. Um, I never finished Twilight Princess. I never finished uh, A Link Between Worlds. But Breath of the Wild kept me captured for 70 plus hours and more to come because I'm going to buy the DLC and play through, you know, the the uh, the champions the, ballad. I was going to say the, the other two trials. The yeah. other two trials, yeah. I'm going to get that that motorcycle that that. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I want get. that thing. is so badass. <laughs> uh, but it, it it was the fact that Breath of the Wild for me made video games purely fun and enjoyable to play. Uh, it was a positive feeling playing that game. It was. It was great. It was really wonderful. And the Switch was a big part of that. That is definitely true. Uh, it, you know, I I also, though, you know, had the opportunity to, to play for play through the, the Gears of War franchise this year, which I didn't get to do before. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I had some really good game moments. I've still got some more to come since I, I'm uh, taking next week off of my day job to, to do some things around the house and, and game a bit. But uh, Breath of the Wild, it... It was a bright spot in 2017. Uh, mm-hmm. Nintendo picked the right year to come back because I think as, as bleak as things are, especially here in the United States, um, it, it was a really bright spot in a shitty year. <laughs> I'd say uh, that, so. That I, I personally really needed, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we're reflecting on, you had some stuff happening to you this year. Uh, not to get personal and deep, but you know, his, ho- <laughs> his home flooded significantly um, a couple times this year, and he's had some hardships with some other stuff. So, yeah, I, not, I think not that just was... me, man. This, this the, the country has been in some difficult spots politically. That's what I'm getting. Some, yeah, some complicated things going on, and uh, you know, having the Nintendo Switch and Nintendo's resurgence with Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart and uh, Mario Odyssey and things of that nature. It's it's been nice to fall back on that. Escapism can be good as long as you don't abuse it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, that's... I want to dedicate 2017 to, to Nintendo, I guess. <laughs> I, I definitely think they seized it because they um, they knocked it out of the park. And I, I agree. I think they coming coming out in 2017 was probably the, the best time. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah, if you look back at it and you're like, I mean, we knew the Switch was going to be a big deal, but I guess we didn't really understand how much of a big deal, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it broke 10 million sales. It's looking to eye close to 12 million by the end of 2017. Uh, it should easily pass the Wii U's lifetime sales in its first 12 months on the market. Um, That's crazy. Which, yeah, it, it is. It is crazy. The uh, The Wii U was on sale for four and a half years, give or take a few months. Um, and it looks like the, the Switch will... We'll pass it in about twelve months, and in in a quarter of that time. So, um, and something I want to point out too is like there are people. It really did reboot. When you say it reignited the flame for you, it really did. There are people that I know, even at work, um, that haven't been Nintendo fans for a while, and they went and got the Switch, and they're just over the moon. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. So. I think, John, that's going to be it for us for 2017. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It, it's uh, It's been a good 44 episodes. Um, we hope to continue to bring that to you and amongst other things too. Absolutely. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday, January 2nd, 2018. We will return with a whole new year of Gamer Heroes uh, I want to wish everybody a happy new year and happy holidays for the, for everybody. Um, right. I hope you guys have, have fun with family and friends and are uh, looking forward to 2018 to, to do some, some good things, whether it's play some good games or maybe something more serious. Um, don't forget to, uh, to check out all of our other content on the Heroes Podcast Network, and we will catch you guys next year. Gamer Heroes is a part of the Heroes Podcast Network. The show host is myself, John Zerwinski, and Derek Mayer. The theme song is by Flying Killer Robots. You can find us as well as the other Heroes Podcast shows at heroespodcast.com, as well as on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, check us out there, Google Play, and anywhere you can use an RSS feed. Follow us on social media, shameless plug, at Heroes Podcasts, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. Or, if you're old school and you just want to email us, you can get us at contact at heroespodcasts with an S dot com. Game on! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.